Welcome to the Configure It Done podcast. The Configure It Done podcast is a place where successful thought leaders in the SAP space come to share their leadership styles, their tips, and their unique stories on how to run successful large-scale SAP programs. Listen to the podcast to learn from their successes, their failures, their career stories, and their inspirations. This podcast is in partnership with the Black Dog Institute, who aim to create a mentally healthier world for everyone. If you wish to support the cause, please donate via the link below. Um, well, welcome, welcome to season three, episode three of the uh, Configure It Done podcast. We've got a fantastic guest today that my colleague Sarah has invited along. DJ, nice to, uh, to put a face to her name. Likewise, <laughs> likewise. Um, before we start, the name DJ... Yeah. Are, are you actually a DJ or, or no? Is this <laughs> yes. true? Because I didn't believe Jay when he told me. I've heard this before. Yes, yes, I do. I do DJ. I'm, I'm not a professional one, but um, I have played out uh, to a maximum to a crowd of about 100. Yeah, okay. yeah it's tops. not bad. Yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's good. I, I, I absolutely love it. Um, the last I played out was about, eight, about two years back, just before COVID. Yeah. And I like mixing uh, Western with, with Bollywood. Yeah, nice. Yeah, so that's, that's my speciality, if you will. I mean, as I SAP it. hobby goes, that's, that's a pretty cool SAP hobby, isn't it? Yes, yeah. <laughs> it is. Service delivery manager by day, DJ by <laughs> night. <laughs> yes, yes. And I've, I've, I really enjoyed that, that hobby for a while. It took, me for, uh, it took me some time to really develop it. And the confidence to actually play out because yeah. Yeah. DJing in your bedroom is, is a different thing, but just, <laughs> just playing out to an audience, so you have to set up the speakers, the, the acoustics, uh, the, the light effects, uh, the selection of the song based on the audience. And, and, the, and the worst part is uh, as you go towards the end of the gig and when those um, you know, slightly inebriated people <laughs> approach you with a song request. And if you don't have that... Is that uh, you, sir? No, it's not me, but it's I'm the one that my friends are like, just go ask for me. Go, I don't want to do it. I'm like, oh, God. Then I like trudge up. I'm like, my friend would please like See, to hear you. Love on yeah, Top yeah. by Beyonce. <laughs> And you're just like, oh, I don't have any. You're like, I'm fine. It's all good. Don't worry about it. Just ignore us. <laughs> yeah. So those are those are interesting. So. Excellent. Yes. Go. All right. Well, good stuff. Well, um, DJ, we'd love to get to know you a bit more. So I'm going to hand you over to Sarah to do the, the quick fire yeah, question let's round. Let's do it. Um, so yeah, I'd love to know. A bit I more. mean, we've almost already covered the first and and second <laughs> first and second questions. So what's yeah. your full name and then what's your nickname? Yeah, my my full name is Dev Jyoti Bhattacharya. Yep. Uh, DJ is just the, uh, the short form of my f my first name. So yeah. it's been since my year 11. Year so, 11. Yeah. Uh, so lifetime. It's a very long time. Lifetime. And, and hobby as well. Yeah. <laughs> hobby, yeah. Hobby, I picked it up after I, I came to Australia. Mm -hmm. so Any correlation it, between getting the nickname and then deciding, you know what? Uh, no, it was just an accident. <laughs> and then choosing my name, one of my friends suggested, oh, you should call you you should call yourself Double DJ. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> So, no, there's there's no correlation, but it gets interesting. Oh, for sure. Just because of the name and the hobby that I have. Mm -hmm. yeah. And where are you from? I'm from India. Very nice. Yes. And how long have you been in Australia? Nine years now. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I thought it'd been longer. No, no. no? nine years. Nine Very good. Years, yeah. And currently working at? I'm currently working at SAP Australia. Yeah, famously. As a delivery exec. And no pressure to SAP Australia, but best job that you've ever had. <laughs> And, and yeah, exactly. Look, it's uh, <laughs> I, I definitely mean uh, SAP Australia because oh, it's not that. 
it's not that it's my current employer. I think uh, the 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 flexibility to take decisions mm-hmm. um, and the support that you get from from your leadership to actually go ahead and try that out. Um, I've not had that in some of my previous employers, so I think that makes it challenging. And and if you get it right, it makes it really great, right? <laughs> <laughs> and if you don't, <laughs> it's a different story. There's one thing I've noticed them um, doing this um, podcast. Obviously, we've had Alex, um, Sahida, Stephen yeah. Wells, Richard Arkell on here, yeah. and they they do love working for the, mm. the organization. Like, yeah. what, what is it specifically, other than you, you mentioned about um, you know being empowered and um, the, the support from leadership, but is there any other reasons why you love that organization? So two things. Uh, as as a person, I always uh, look up to the leadership team, how they are, how, how what values they carry, and how they treat people. So a lot of it depends on that. So you you, you spoke about some of the some of the nicest names at SAP, right? So Alex <laughs> and and Sahida, um, they they are they are great leaders. And likewise, uh, you, you get to when. So fr- when you when you now then start working with the so-called engineers, mm-hmm. mm. you would you would find that SAP has one of the best talents. I mean, hands down. So it's it's a different high um, working with people who have actually developed that product, who know in and out of it. And then when you, when you question, there comes a clear cut solution. This is what you can do, and this is you cannot do. And this is you shouldn't do. Right? Sure, sure. So, I think the, the the combination of leadership and engineering capabilities is 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 an immaculate one at SAV. Sure, yeah. excellent. Uh, That's a good answer. And what about the worst job you've ever had? I, I think I I don't think there's there's a there's a worst job that I've ever had. Uh, I've if you if you really stick to my profession as jobs, I've had uh, I've been into just for different job profiles so far and I loved everything that I did so I don't think there's there's a worse job that's pretty good um how about your favorite sport favorite sport I love playing tennis nice so I I played uh competition till my high school Mm. and then there was a motorbike accident and I had a severe injury on my right shoulder after which I cannot uh, really do a lot of volley and and surf so but I still love watching tennis. That's good. And you still ride a bike. I do still ride a bike. Yeah. <laughs> that didn't deter me. So I still have a, motor, a motorbike. Yes. Oh, how good yes. is that? And yeah. um, what about your favorite beer and your favorite meal to go with it? All right. Uh, it's got to be, well, it's got to be Indian. Yeah, um, for sure. I like, I like lager. So Kingfisher mm. Premium. <laughs> My dad's beer. also no a lager beer. guy. Yes, yeah. that is true. And to go with that, a, a nice, authentic uh, biryani. I actually just totally off topic, but I did find a, a local Indian restaurant to where I've just moved, which is so hard. My dad has searched for like twenty five. Yeah, there's there's no good years. English. Yeah, it's Indian so hard, right? It's so hard, and like my dad coming from Kerala, growing up in Malaysia, he's just like, I just don't even bother. Oh. But I found a good lamb biryani recently that's like two blocks up from my house, and I called him immediately. I was like, Dad, you need to try this. We got to come for dinner. Nice. I agree. There's so many good restaurants in the UK. Ah, Brooklyn and stuff, you know. Yeah. Just that that choice. Heartbreak. Um, favorite mm. hobbies. I mean, we've already touched on them, but yeah. Hobbies. Um, I love DJing. Uh, that's definitely number one. And I I love riding my motorbike. I have a Harley Davidson 1200 custom. So that's my. That has been my. If you had the question on. Um, 
But was that the 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 reason for sanity during oh, yeah. during that? <laughs> yeah. I I would have hands down said that because I think uh, getting onto your motorbike and and just going out hitting the road listening to some good music just just brings that sanity back into your oh, head. That's good. Nice. I love nice. that. Yeah. Um favorite music or film? Uh I think music would be definitely Guns N' Roses. Nice. Um uh, film would be definitely The Pursuit of Happiness. Yeah, oh, I watched that more than once. It like I cried for too long. Yeah. I can't so wait for Will Smith's hard. new movie to come out. Uh, with King, Serena, Serena Williams. King Richard or something yeah, like that. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's so good, isn't he? Movies he's, like he's that get me. He's a great actor. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And in, in fact, my daughters, they love the movie. Uh, really? Pursuit yeah. Especially that dialogue, right? That pretty much at the last scene when he's offered the job, oh. he says, oh, "What are you gonna say that if I hire a man who's wearing really a dirty shirt?" and he responds that he would really have a very nice pants and that's the power of positive thinking to me yeah and presence of mind so, so have you seen the um, um youtube documentary the best shape of my life with um no. Will smith it's basically a documentary on his book and no. um yeah it's, it's worth best a watch shape of my life. best shape of my life yeah it's like six um six episodes on youtube Ooh. Uh, right. yeah, he's got a book coming out it's taken two and a half years to write this book right. um and part of it he reads some of the chapters to his kids um about what he went through and what and why he is like he is today um it's from his like his father and yeah. um his childhood <coughs> but like yeah grafted, great great actor he? yeah he does um mm. best holiday destination uh best holiday destination look for me destinations uh it's based on the memories that i have over there not not so much about the place or the fancy of it so uh, a place which is very close to my heart is uh, a place in india very very far northeast called sikkim Mm. Um it's it's uh, it's very rugged out there in the open quite cold um mm. so it's got a mixture of like a cold desert and as well as as well as uh, snow snow yeah so the uh, we had a family holiday with with three families and kids and then it 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 would take us forever to exit the airplane and then board an airplane <laughs> with those many people in there with the kids and and grandparents so i think i have I have some very good memories of that place and hence that's my favorite holiday destination. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. And um what did you want to be when you were younger? Um I think I fancied becoming a bus driver. Uh, really? <laughs> yeah, I was I was absolutely clear that. <laughs> this is where a, my life is going. Or or a truck driver, <laughs> one one of the two. Yeah, the bus I think I wanted to be I preferred the bus driver over the truck driver. Why? But what definitely was the... I, I always loved big vehicles. Uh, really? I still don't have a car. I, I like Jeeps or <laughs> Or or a four wheel drive, so I probably uh, still some remains of that fish. <laughs> and you've gone the opposite end now on a motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes. Still road related though. Still, still road, road related. related. And um, last one. If you could describe your management style in one word, what would it be? Uh, management style in one word would be empathetic. Nice. That's nice. one we hear a lot as well. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it seems to be a recurring we, theme. We do. Um, we do. Um, a leadership circle profile at SAP mm-hmm. and there the first step towards that is you, you your your awareness towards your your management style and your strengths mm. and i i could see the it's it's a nice it's a fantastic program i think everyone should attend it at least twice <laughs> <laughs> i did that twice um that tells you that what are your creative and reactive tendencies i, I could see mine being me being highly dialed up on my relating tendencies. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think that's where 
uh, that's what that's what my strength is, and I draw down upon that. I would actually like to do that because that's part of our leadership training that we do now at um, Precision. It's on creative and reactive thinking. It took me the longest time to like it's work out amazing. that difference, how it fed into your decision making, yeah. um, how it not even like your decision making, but your thought patterns and mm -hmm. how yes. you approach situations, discussions. That totally opened my eyes to like. It's one of those things where it's it's happening in your brain, but you don't you don't recognize it. Yes. So actually, yeah, pulling those threads was super interesting. And like I said, I did it twice because the f and, and each time the training is about six months. Oh, wow. Really? So I, I really I, I told Alex that, look, I think I have I've not really got the full value of it when I attended the first time, because pretty much at the end of it, I realized that what the what the hell this whole thing. Yeah, and it's <laughs> awesome. So I did that again and then I could really crystallize and had some tangible takeaways from that training so really it's, so you it's, found it's, it's it's a it's a it's a it's not a complex one but you you need to it takes time to absorb and implement yeah. what you mm. get out of that that's a pretty good insight actually just yeah, doing, doing it twice doing it twice yeah yes yeah. first time you're probably like okay and take it in yeah. next time you know what to expect and yep. then you can start yeah. applying you can start recognizing the patterns stuff yep. like that yeah that's and really and, and as I was talking about SAP's leadership, they they were happy for me to take it again because I, I, I just mm. said that these are the reasons that I want to do it again. And that's where I would realize the full value of it. So, sure. so is that is that part of um, your philosophy, your project management philosophy then, um, DJ, kind of? Because you, you've said there about doing it again, and um, not not to you know not to say that you do it wrong the first time, yeah. but you know, almost like perfecting it and getting the most out of it. Does that kind of lead into your your project management philosophy or, or no? I think it's quite the opposite, Jay. And I, I think you, you you had a you had a fant you have a fantastic segue to this question. I must say, uh, my my project management philosophy is on the contrary. You keep doing things little by little. Mm -hmm. do and do a sort of do an incremental perfection so mm. um, you should you should you should keep chipping away I think that's the thing make small progress mm -hmm. and then that gets into the compounding effect and mm. and soon you would realize that you're you're delivering thumping value over a period of time so um, and that's why I, I'm, a, I'm a staunch believer in, in agile practices and, and the fact that we can 100% deliver agile using SAP software against some of the industry believes that you know, SAP is too big, too complex, can't do really agile with it. But it's, it's, we have been doing that for a, for, a, for a premium bank over here for the past four years. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely possible. Mm. It's, it's, it's all about the management will and and that whole leadership decision should they want to have <clears throat> an incremental value a frequent value deployed to market in a short period of time and then over a period of time you 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 the compounding effect kicks in and then you are delivering big chunks of value so mm -hmm. i think that that is what my management philosophy is about Sure. And how do you, um, so that's a great management philosophy. I love the kind of the small wins and yeah. the I marathon, you, not the sprint. Yeah. yeah. And you, you get buy-in from the, the customer by, yes. by doing that as well. But yep. how do you like relay that to your team and what are the kind of top three imperatives that you do look for w within your team? For, for the teams, uh, three things that I really look for. First thing is absolutely the trust. Mm. Um, people should have that trust 
for each other in my team. Mm -hmm. Second thing is, is the core capability that you bring to the table, right? You got to be great at it. And the third thing is uh, you, you should know how to communicate well, because if you if you are good, if you're still not able to communicate, that, that sort of uh, defeats the purpose. So those are the three things, trust, capability, and communication. Sure, sure. Mm. Okay. Well, we're going to um, jump back um, a couple of stages, and we, we never learned about your story, DJ, mm. and how you got into um, mm. SAP. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you could share that with us, that would be brilliant. Yeah, look, uh, and I've, I've I've heard some of your po uh, podcast, uh, like most of the people. My my entry to SAP was was, was purely by accident. <laughs> my, my 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 first job was um, my first job was on in the in, in the logistics industry, and my my love for motorbike. I the reason why I took my first job, which was very manually uh, laborious and and intensive was because it involved about 150 kilometers of motorbike ride every day. Really? Wow. And I was like, this is just made for me. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, it doesn't have to be any other job description. That was enough. Uh, they paid for my fuel, just bring your bike. And then, of course, there were a lot of other stuff to be done. But the bike aspect was the most thing that appealed to me. Um, and I look, I, I wanted to go and grow in that field, um, which was on logistics, international trade involved a lot of traveling um, and then my sister uh, and I must thank for her for this for sure uh, she and by the way she's a, she's a she's a managing director in, in Accenture oh, there you go. so she's she's my eldest sister right so you know how eldest sisters are <laughs> so she, she said hey I think you should stop that job of yours and start looking at IT. And I said, no, I mean, there's no freaking way. I know nothing about <laughs> it. Can't do that. And then I, literally I cried. <laughs> I cried when, when she asked me to move from IT, from, from the, that logistic <laughs> industry to IT. And I said, I, no, I can't do that. <laughs> so no, but in, in the hindsight, I am really thankful she made that decision for me at that stage. I was really young. And then it was, it was, uh, she asked me to join um, SAP Training Academy in India. Um, I took some loan from my brother-in-law. <laughs> 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 now that his wife asked me to do SAP, you might as well pay for my, <laughs> so anyway, but it was, it was, it was a loan. So I paid it back. Uh, so, and then I, I attended, I went through that training program, got my SAP skills, started as an ABAP programmer. So pretty much 98. Mm. Uh, I started my SAP career mm -hmm. as a programmer, and then there's no looking back yeah, since then. Uh, SAP has been awesome, the, the the domain as such, and then because of that, I, I could travel different places, I could do different things. Uh, so it's been great so far. And over 20 years in the in the industry, um, what keeps you in the, the SAP domain? I think... Uh, I would say to start with the brand, the brand value of the product, the sheer brand mm -hmm. value, it's such strong. Um, SAP is about discipline, about being robust. Y you can actually accept a Facebook being offline. You can accept some of the Microsoft things going offline, but you wouldn't uh, hear about SAP going offline. So that's where the, the, the robust engineering and um, in the power of SAP resides, and that's what I like being associated with. Mm -hmm. And the other aspect is, it's just not a technology; it's it's a it's an enterprise application. So the way that 
it's beautifully aligned to the business processes and and then there's so much to learn, right? I mean, it's such a vast software, you can only master to an extent. There's always a lot of things to learn, which keeps you challenged. Mm -hmm. Those those would be my few things that mm -hmm. keeps me going at as far as happy. Excellent, all right. And um, as a leader, what had, how has your methodology and leadership style changed, um, DJ, over, over those 20 years? Yeah, I'll, I'll probably go back to my agile conversation uh, in a bit but to start with I was I was um, I was very fascinated by the typical waterfall methods and entry criteria exit criteria tons of documentation and I look I think there's there's a lot of value into all that it gives you a certain certain discipline and rigor mm -hmm. but then I must also say that many of the waterfall methodologies, um, have a fair bit of fat, and and mm -hmm. and the biggest thing is, they take they take forever to deliver, right? It's uh, which which is in in today's digital world, you can't just afford it. So when I introduce when I got introduced to sort of agile and DevOps, uh, that would be about two thousand six, so, and that is where I really I was really uh, fascinated by this whole incremental value to the business, right? Mm. You work uh, with the business intimately, technology teams work with businesses intimately, uh, they know the, the exact requirements, mm. they do frequent drops to production, uh, they learn very quickly through that from the customer feedback, and they make changes to the following deployment, and incrementally, they are delivering great value. So that's 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 awesome, so that is, that is one aspect, and the other thing is obviously DevOps, wherein, Coming from a technolo technology background, that becomes really important for engineering because mm -hmm. when you mix your development and operations and and when you run what you build, right? So that's that's the key thing over here, uh, along with an end-to-end -end automation. So I, I think that I said quite many things, but bottom line, um, I I like um, the whole concept of the, the business intimacy. Mm. delivering quick value to the to the business along with an with an end-to-end -end automation wide devops across the technology stack and the technology teams so uh, and then management of these kind of new models uh, they've been there for a couple of years now is 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 where we all are heading to so eventually everyone would have to embrace this kind of things and change their management stance that's what i believe Sure. So you mentioned um, you was introduced to Agile like five, I think you said five years ago. Yep. Um, and then you mentioned your project management philosophy was incremental. When when it was um, well, before that five years when it was kind of waterfall, how did you embark your project management philosophy of increment when it was a waterfall mm. type environment? Yeah, it's, it's a very good question. And I think that's a mindset, that's a mindset change. Those are the difficult ones, right? You, you can learn a new skill, you can learn a new, you can learn acquired new knowledge, but to make a dent onto your mindset, it takes a while. So I think I was lucky to find some of the mentors mm. um, in the industry. Uh, the clients that I were working with, they were, they were willing to experiment. Uh, and, and that's the mindset, right? See, I could associate myself with the people who had that mindset. And mm -hmm. then over a period of time, learned from them so it, it it's a journey it doesn't you don't get it day one you don't get it in three months it takes time to 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 truly deliver what what agile says i think that's that's a big one and it's the same thing for organizations the you, 
agile for many organization is you know a bloke turning up in shorts with a post-it notes and say we are doing agile no it's not mm-hmm. um it's it's about that mindset wherein you are so aligned to business you work with business intimately and then you keep keep deploying value to production very very frequently just so that maximize that benefit mm-hmm. so it's a different mindset yeah um and DJ, we've spoken a lot about, obviously, you know, that marriage of Agile and DevOps. And I imagine that that's going to start to influence a little bit of what your answer will be for this question. Yeah. But if you could define what an, a successful SAP program looks like, because I think a lot of people bring their opinions, they bring their learnings and their challenges. What does that mean to you? What does a successful SAP program look like to you? And how has this view evolved or, or changed over time? Yeah. I think uh, a successful SAP program is to, to me is where we keep the solution, i.e. the software clean, so we mm. do it simple and standard, right? You don't pay stickers on a Ferrari, so don't customize the SAP solution, and if it's just it's already have a lot of features, so you explore that before you start operating it. So simple and standard. Um, something which delivers frequent value to mm. market. I think that's that's where I've, I would always be telling because that's that's something which I feel quite passionate about. Um, and the third is is uh, a program which incrementally, or rather, <laughs> it's a paradox, incrementally decreases the technical debt. That means, uh, you know, as as a program, you, you continuously improve the technology efficiencies and not by the end of that program create a big technical debt for the operations team to fight through for the next couple of years just because we delivered a fantastic five years program and then the operations team is struggling with monitoring they're struggling with some of the infrastructure issues some of the some of the code which is not efficient so i think i think a successful program should have pretty much zero technical debt ideal scenario Um, but those are the three sort of two uh, three characteristics that I would uh, classify for a successful program and how how it has evolved clearly it has evolved the second and the third position has evolved from my from my waterfall experience to the agile mm. experience mm. Um, and the fact that you can definitely do that in SAP is is also a great testimony mm-hmm. yeah it, it it just needs as I said earlier it just needs that drive from from the clients to to absolutely achieve that and and software as such has got all the capabilities to do it it's funny because i think tina barker had a very tina barker from accenture had a very similar definition of success it was don't touch what doesn't need to be touched and then if at the end you say i've successfully implemented but the business isn't even using your implementation or isn't doesn't even know where to begin yes you may be on time yes you may be on budget but what is the benefit where yep. is this roi if a client's going to say well fantastic thank you for for doing that on time but what exactly have you given us absolutely and i think that happens quite that can happen quite a bit you you hear those stories wherein ah oh, successfully on time successfully on budget this is a great sap program and yeah. you call in the client a month later and they're like oh we've not really turned it all on we're yeah. still doing <laughs> some things in the background here it's okay though we're still fine. do manual processing yeah we've still got some excel spreadsheets but don't worry about that like it'll be <laughs> fine <laughs> and that's why you know if, if, if you if you are delivering say every two weeks which is what we do in my recent project every two weeks we go to production 
and we 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 deliver something to the to the to the to the market that's how you quickly learn from it how how the customers are responding to it and then adapt mm. in the next sprint you're you're you've adapted you're d- doing that slightly better you learn fail fast right next sprint even better and then after some time that's that's where the compounding effect kicks in and yeah. then then you are then you're talking yeah right, then so you're really moving yeah like yeah. it dj yeah yeah and um what would you describe as your biggest failure? And it's not a failure in the sense of like, wow, I really dropped the ball there. But <laughs> almost you could say, you know, your biggest learning from something where it didn't quite go right. Yeah. And you're right. I think uh, even I, I, I don't believe in the word failure because a, a, true, a true failure is when you actually stop trying. So either you win or you learn, right? So, and, and quitters are the ones where, who fail mm. so in, my, in my dictionary. So if you don't quit, you, you're a winner. Um, um, one of the experience wherein uh, it didn't go the way that I intended to was one of the one of the small projects, and uh, it was no freaking way possible for me to deliver on that that budget, that schedule, that solution, and with those many people that I had. And um, I think I didn't I didn't call it out early enough. Mm. And then I just took it on my, my on myself to you know to to face the challenge and then deliver it right, and it it ended up breaking me in various ways. So uh, that's that's something which haunts me sometimes. Didn't go really well, but that's what I learned from it. Is you know it's okay. Uh, just just say no when things are things are challenging, and and explain the reasons why why it is so. Uh, never never. I don't think I would ever take that kind of a decision, especially for me or for for my team. So timely, timely raising the flag is is really important. Yeah, absolutely. Nice. That's okay. a really good insight. Um, so DJ, you'd, you've obviously named um, quite a few people that you've worked with and been a big influence on your career. Um, if you had to pick one person, um, you know who's been the biggest influence on your career and and then why and what did they teach you? Was it your older sister? <laughs> uh, she would if she's listening she would she wish she would uh, <laughs> no i think i'm i'm gonna i'm gonna say my grandmom so uh, she's she's not there anymore she she's she she passed away a few years back but i think even at the at the very old age um 92 or oh, wow. so uh she was an avid reader right she she had very very healthy habits she would she would be a, she was an early riser I'm sort of a night owl. Um, <laughs> DJ. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she had very good reading habits, which is which is what which I've just started. And I think as a person, she always saw she just saw the positive side of anyone. I mean, bring her the worst guy, the meanest guy, the rudest guy in the world, and she would still be able to tell a few things which which that guy is good at. And I think I struggle with that these days. I think there, there's so much of so much of uh, you know those those judgments and mm. yeah that various ways. So I think in many ways I try to implement that, but it's it's hard to to be be her. So she, my grandmom for for sure, she has influenced me, and and also to an extent my mom. Uh, she taught me. No one is coming. So fight your own battle. Mm. Nice. Good lesson. And um, DJ, what would you tell your twenty-one-year-old self if you had to give one piece of advice? One, I would actually give two. Uh, the very first one would be um, 
always 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 check uh why you are doing what you are doing i think the 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 more we question our why the greater job satisfaction you have and and you would do really well so a lot of times as as engineers sometimes we just tend to get the things done because it is you know it's a complex code and it's going to use less memory and it's you know 10x processing speed mm-hmm. but why you know get the say in this case get the business value so challenge that why a little bit i didn't do that when i was 24 and 21 never i wouldn't probably never did that um and and uh, i think that's that's really the the important thing and the second thing would be you know uh take some time to smell the roses uh, don't don't work too hard it's life is all about uh, not all about being working uh, being absorbed with the code there are a lot of other things to do so spend some time over there a lot of high achievers um struggle with that second point they mm. they're always striving for the next thing striving yeah. for the next thing and yeah yeah if you ask anyone that's kind of reach the summit if they're yeah. asking one thing that they they wish they'd done is enjoy it more or yeah. or yeah, enjoy that rise yeah so that's that's important and i think and i i personally uh, i think and now i'm just sort of revealing my age but now <laughs> nowadays i see this a lot more with the generations the with the younger generation the the new engineers that uh, i see it at sap they they balance the work life uh, much better than what i used to when mm. i was at their age so which is which is a good thing that they got time for taking taking care of their dog their pets uh, watering their garden going to the party in the evening it's good right life is not all about all about work mm. so it is good and um, i hope that that uh, this this helps uh, people in some way excellent yeah. and lastly um the and thank you for coming on today by the way some Always. fantastic thank insights you. and um like i said good to put a face to a name finally <laughs> after all these yes. years um yes. i'd love to know who you would like to hear on this podcast Oh yes and I I must definitely recommend Dave McKenzie. Uh Dave yep. uh, and I work very closely at SAP. Dave is a services partner mm-hmm. financial services industry at SAP. Uh he he looks after quite a big clients on on the FSI industry in in Australia and and he comes from a rich delivery as well as a largely a sales background. Mm-hmm. So while we could uh, I could talk a lot about you know the delivery aspects uh hearing from him on some of the sales or growth aspects would be would be really good for the SAP community so yeah hope he he makes it excellent <laughs> <laughs> we'll try i've said so many times but i would love to be a fly on the wall on some of those sales i, I told dave so uh, i did tell him that i'm going to i'm going to mention your name and it's <laughs> all right do, do what you want <laughs> but yeah i think he's it's it's going he's he's a, first of all he's a fantastic orator i mean just too good i just i only wish i could i could talk as as nicely as him um and and he's got a wealth of knowledge so that that combination is killer right so it'll be good if you if you if you get him we'll try to yeah. get him on there you go sure. yeah definitely all right dj brilliant if sara thank yeah. you for inviting dj on thank to the thank you for podcast. coming on dj after awesome. all those years after <laughs> we all got there <laughs> <laughs> now thank you guys it's really a pleasure uh good good initiative and that i think that that differentiates precision from the rest of the pack thank Excellent. you thanks dj awesome. cheers man thanks dj